Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'm so glad that you're here tonight to seek the Lord together. As a pastor, I would like to remind you, you know, sometimes basic things we forget. And we need to be reminded all the time. The Holy Spirit spoke to me to remind the church to, number one, don't forget to pray, spend time with God. Don't forget to read the Bible and partake the Word of God in your life. Read the Bible, pray every day. And not only that, we should always seek the kingdom of God first. I noticed one thing in the civilized country like this. We are so distracted by so many things. Nowadays, people have the smartphone, and I notice everywhere I go, even in the operating room or in the lounge of the nurses and doctors, people just sit there and get up the phone and play with line, play with Instagram, and laugh about the joke in the Instagram. So we don't have time to think about God. We don't have time to talk to God. Because we are so distracted by all this. And I believe this is going to get worse and worse because more and more technology. We need to remind ourselves to love God with all our heart, to seek Him first, and we should not take God for granted. We should stay hungry for the things of God all the days of our life. I need to remind myself every day too. I have so much on my plate every day. Phone call, hospital call, paging, problems and all these things, I have to remind myself, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. I will endure to the end. The Bible says that those who endure to the end will be saved. I pray that none of you in this room will backslide, will walk away from God before the end, before Jesus comes back. We need to stay hungry, stir ourselves up in the spirit all the time to seek the kingdom of God first. Amen. I just want to stir you up and remind you one more time that we need to be hungry and hot for God. God say, I will spit out those who look warm. It's serious. You know, we need to be hot. Not hot the weather like this. Hot inside. <laughs> Praise God for the hot weather anyway. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God? I don't want to be too late tonight. So I just want to just teach you and then we can minister to you in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray and ask the Lord to teach us the Word of God tonight. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the Word of God that you record in the Bible, Lord. And we believe, Lord, that the Word of God is our spiritual food, and it will give us new revelation and understanding, give us faith, give us, Lord, direction, and the will of God will be revealed, Lord, through your Word. We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to understand the truth because the truth shall set us free. You say in the Bible, Lord, my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. Lord, we don't want to be people who are ignorant in this generation. We want to know the truth of God so that we can walk in victory and we can walk by faith 
and by faith we can overcome the world. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Usually, I use the time in a revival service like this to teach about the Holy Spirit because this subject sometimes is too heavy on Sunday morning for people who don't know God or people who are new. So I try to use this time to teach more about the Holy Spirit. The subject of the Holy Spirit is a big subject. You can learn and learn, and the more you know Him, the better for you, because He is. God, who is on earth right now, He is with you, in you, and on you, and He is your helper. So, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you're gonna miss a lot on earth here. It's like you have a nice car at your house, but you don't even know that you have a nice car, so you will never use that car. The same thing, we need to know the Holy Spirit and know how to walk with Him. We have learned in the past lesson that the Holy Spirit is in us. He is in us. The anointing. When you talk about the word anointing, it means the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in us for us to teach us, to help us to pray, to lead us, guide us, show us the way, and to purify us. He works in us. He is the Holy Spirit in us, but the Holy Spirit is also on us. Any time the Bible uses the word "on," it means the anointing to minister or to do something. There are two parts of our life: in us and through us. God work in us, and God work through us. The Holy Spirit is in us to work in us, and the Holy Spirit is on us to anoint us for the ministry or for serving. So today I would like to continue to talk about the anointing on us. There was only one person in the whole world that has every kind of the anointing or the gift or the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life, and he ministered to all kinds of gifts while he was walking on earth without limit or without measure. That person, his name. Is the Lord Jesus Christ, but other Christians, other believers in the world, including you and me, have limited gifts and limited measure and amount of the anointing upon our life. The anointing on us is limited. We have certain kind of gifts. We may have certain gifts, and we don't have certain gifts or certain kinds of anointing. Today, when I use the word anointing, I'm talking about The anointing on us that ministered through us with the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to help other people. So today we talk about we will be used by the anointing to help other people to be a blessing to other people. The Apostle Paul wrote in the Second Timothy chapter one verse eleven. He described what kind of anointings he had in Second Timothy chapter one verse eleven. Paul say. Like this, to which I was appointed a preacher. He knew he was a preacher. He was anointed to preach, an apostle. He was anointed to be an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 13, the apostle Paul also mentioned that he had another kind of anointing on his life. 
The Bible says now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetras, and Saul, which means Paul. So from these two scriptures, we can see here that Paul was anointed to minister as a preacher, as a teacher, as a prophet, and as an apostle. We're talking about anointing to minister. You need to discover what kind of anointings you have upon your life. You need to be diligent and search the scripture. Observe yourself, serve the Lord, and ask your pastor or your leaders to watch your life to see what kind of anointings you have so that you can develop that anointing and you can flow in that anointing. Don't put the anointing in the ground and do nothing on earth. We have only limited time on earth here to serve the Lord. Hurry up to find your own anointings and even ask for more kinds of anointing. Today, we can see that the Apostle Paul had the anointing of the prophet. There is the office of the prophet. The Bible talks about five kinds of leaders in the body of Christ. The apostle, the prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teachers. And prophet is one of the leaders in the body of Christ. Prophet has the anointing to see visions, to see revelation from God, can see dream, can hear the voice of God. Actually, if you study about Paul carefully, you find out that he learned so many revelations and the truth from heaven by the Holy Spirit directly. God showed him. And he was a prophet that wrote many, many letters or epistles in the Bible. When you read what he wrote in the epistle, you can see that this man was so full of the revelation that today we learn so many things from him. He was definitely a prophet in the church era or in this dispensation. We can have more than one anointing, so one, more than one gift. Paul had many anointings in him. You can have more than one anointings in you. Today, I'm going to talk about how to walk with the anointing that work in you by using the example of the prophet in the Bible. You may have the anointing to preach. You may have the anointing to teach. You may have the anointing to encourage people. You may have the anointing to serve in the worship team, or we call the ministry of helps. You may have the anointing to do the administration in the church. So different kind of anointing, but they all came from the same Holy Spirit, but different manifestations. You need to understand about the anointing, that when you walk under the anointing, this is the way it is. The anointing or the calling in your life is a potential in your life. You have that potential. If you are the preacher, you have the potential to preach. The anointing is there. But you weave in and weave out according to the will of God. You don't preach all the time. You don't have that anointing upon your body to preach all the time. You don't have that anointing to teach all the time. It comes according to the will of God. The manifestation of the Spirit comes as He wills. You cannot control Him. You cannot force Him. You cannot manipulate Him. If you try to do something 
without God moving, the anointing is on you. You will serve or minister in the flesh, and you're gonna cause some damage to the body of Christ. So we need to learn how to flow in the anointing, and we can stand in the different office. Uh, let me explain to you the difference between the office of a prophet in the New Testament and the office of or the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is different from being a prophet. A prophet is the leader in the body of Christ. The gift of prophecy can be practiced by every believer. Every believer can be anointed by the Holy Spirit to speak from God. Let me read from the Bible here, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. For you can all prophesy, you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. When you prophesy, people will learn something from God. When you prophesy, people will be encouraged. And you all can learn how to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit and give the word of prophecy. When I was a new believer, I misunderstand about the word of prophecy. I thought that it means somebody come to the microphone and then speak, thus say the Lord, blah, 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 blah. Actually, that is just one part of the prophecy that people come to the microphone and say, thus say the Lord. God say this way. Actually, the word of prophecy just means that God is speaking through you. The word the first the Bible first Corinthians chapter thirteen verse uh, chapter fourteen verse three say that God give you the word of prophecy for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So the word of prophecy can come through many, many ways. For example, suddenly God give you the word of testimony. And your word of testimony is a word of prophecy that encourages people. The word that comes from the Holy Spirit to give the word of testimony. Or you are teaching in your care group. And suddenly God gives you the word in the teaching time, the word, prophetic word in the teaching. Or the prophetic word in the preaching time. Because God is speaking through you, through teaching, preaching, testimony, word of encouragement. Or sometime, actually today, I saw one patient who is a Christian. I believe he is a, a Russian Christian. I walk into the room in the emergency room, and he was seen by many doctors, but he was so suffering with the pain. I walk in and I saw him. I did not even know that he's a Christian brother. And then God spoke to me, help this man today. This man going to be fine if you help him. And I just opened my mouth and spoke as a doctor in the emergency room. God told me today that I need to help you. He was shocked and he said, how do you know I'm a Christian? And my dad is sitting here as a pastor. I said, I don't know. God told me to say to you, today God sent me to help you. So that is a word of prophecy. And I did not plan to do it. I did not even know he's a Christian but it's the word of comfort and encouragement because he was so discouraged that many doctors could not help him. Amen? So we can see that the gift of prophecy can be practiced by anybody if you learn to 
walk in the Spirit, you learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit, yield to the Spirit. At the right timing, God can speak to you to exhort, to edify, and to comfort people. So the Holy Spirit can anoint you to do that. But the prophet, the office of the prophet, is higher level of anointing, who can hear God's direction for the church, who can see vision and understand the important message from heaven to tell the body of Christ. They are the leader level who can teach and who can move the body of Christ together. They can give some prophecy to the nation. These are the prophets in the New Testament. The anointing in your life that you serve God with can be stronger sometime and can be weaker sometime. And the anointing in you can be stronger than another person who has the same gift. And as time goes by, the measure of the anointing can grow more and more. One of the reasons I have to admit to you, I told Pastor Dow all the time, that one of the reasons I enjoy mission trips so much, because when I went on a mission trip, the anointing on my body is totally different from here. And I can feel it now. This is totally different. Now I wear the anointing of pastor and teacher. But when I go on the mission trip, I wear the anointing of the apostle. Who, I tell you, so strong. The anointing on me is like bigger than now, much bigger, because I have to pioneer the new area with people who don't know anything about God. And I have to break through in that area or that city. So the anointing was stronger even in me in another city or in another situation. The anointing can be high and low and at different levels. Do you remember the story of Elijah and Elisha? The Bible said that Elisha has a double portion or the, um, the uh, stronger level of anointing than Elijah, his teacher or master. So we should seek to have higher measure of the anointing. We should be hungry for more anointing so we can get the job done faster. We can be more effective in this life for God. And one day when we go to heaven, he will say, good job, well done. Get the rewards in heaven because you have more anointing to get the job done for him. This is how we walk with the anointing. Do you know that God honors faith? God is pleased when we walk by faith. So the way the anointing works in our life is this, that he will not tell us everything ahead of time. We need to learn to know the Holy Spirit. And we need to walk by faith. We need to have faith that the Holy Spirit is on us and He can use us and we hook up to Him by faith. And as the Holy Spirit, I hope my teaching is not too deep today for some of you. but It's a little bit for the old believers. When the Holy Spirit starts to move in you, you are like an eagle. You mount the wing up and then you catch the wind. You don't see what's going to happen in the future. You don't know what to say next minute yet. You don't know what you're going to do in five minutes yet. But you just hook up to the Holy Spirit, flow, and He's going to lead you step by step what to say, what to do in that situation. It's about faith. You hook up and let Him lead you and let Him work through you by faith. So you need to be ready anytime. 
in season and out of season. You need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the realm of the Spirit. In our church, we love to train you to be spiritual Christians, not soulish Christians. Just use your brain to analyze. We don't want to train you just to be a carnal Christian. Everything is about pleasing my flesh. Nice carpet, nice room, nice air condition. We want to train you to be led by the Spirit, to be the spiritual Christian who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But again, you don't control the anointing. You don't control the Holy Spirit. Your job is to flow with Him, to yield to Him, and to hook up to Him and follow Him step by step by faith. You may not know what happened next yet, but He's going to lead you next second to do what is next. It's about walking by faith every single minute. He's going to lead you. And He can help you to perform signs and wonders and miracles because of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen? He will lead you step by step. I never forget about the event that happened in Switzerland last year, the first revival service in Switzerland. I was finishing my preaching, and the time is over. We don't have even, even have enough time to lay hands on people because it's half past noon, and we have to hurry to go to the lunchroom. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit was on me, and it was leading me. He said that walk to that corner of the room. And I don't understand why I have to walk to that corner of the room there. I did not understand. So I just follow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to release the whole congregation to lunch. But when I walk to, close to that row of the seat, suddenly a woman stand up and want to run away out of the room. And the Holy Spirit told me, grab her neck. And I never done that before to grab a woman's neck. But the Holy Spirit told me, grab her neck. So I grabbed her neck. And she fell on the ground, under the chair, and hundreds of demons come out of her. I did not even do anything. I just touched her. Demons come out of her. And later on, she gave the testimony that initially she did not want to come to the meeting at all. But her friend kept insisting her to come. And she was growing up with a very angry mother who always pushed her under the water and tried to kill her for many times to the point that when she took a shower, she dared not close her eyes because she would see the picture of her mom pushing her under the water. So she had to open her eyes to take a shower like this. So when she got mad, she wanted to kill her kids too, to push the kids under the, under the water. Her husband had to carry all the three kids away from the house. And that day when the demon came out of her, she was set free. Now she is a totally different woman. Her husband got a wife, but a new woman, not a new wife. The same wife, but a new woman. Because the leading of the Holy Spirit, I was walking there. I did not know who she was. Actually, when she first came to the meeting, she heard in her, her, her mind, she said, I hate this guy. Get out of here as soon as possible. You know, sometimes if you feel that you hate me, you need to understand it's not about me and you. It's a demon in you that hate the anointing in me. So he would say, get out of here as soon as possible. And that woman uh, wanted to get out, but I grabbed her neck on time. Thank God. That's the first time I grabbed somebody's neck, 
and I don't expect to do again. Amen. So you need to understand that the gift of the Holy Spirit, whether prophet or prophecy, whatever, is to be given to restore people, to bless people, to heal people, to strengthen people, not to embarrass people in front of public, not to tell the people about their secret on the microphone. If God spoke to you something about somebody's sin, it's not your job to come to the microphone and point finger to somebody and say, that lady or that man is uh, doing something wrong, cheating money in the office. No, 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 no. The gift of the Holy Spirit is used to encourage, to restore, to build people up, to edify, not to tear people down, not to embarrass anybody. This is important we need to understand because there are two kinds of, actually, there are three kinds of spirit in this world. Number one, human spirits. Number two, evil spirits. Number three, Holy Spirit. So, you can yield to any spirit. You can yield to human spirit. Your own spirit can act up and do something wrong. Or you can yield to the evil spirit and you can yield to the Holy Spirit. This is the way you walk with the Spirit. Let me read the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit, some people call spiritual gifts, but I like the word manifestation of the Spirit more than the word the gift. Because when you hear the word the gifts, it means you own it, and you have that as your belonging, and you can do anything with it on your own agenda. But actually, it's not the gift that you can do anything with it. It's the manifestation of the Spirit through you. You understand what manifestation means? God is doing something through you. You are the glove and He is the hand. You just have to move with Him. You are not the boss. He is the boss. You just let Him do whatever He wants. Okay, but, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, not for the damage of all. Not to kill people, not to make your pastor feel bad, not to criticize people or not to curse people, but to profit people. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another one, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And this is the key scripture I want to read. The reason I read from verses 7 to verse 10 is to show that this scripture, the context is talking about the anointing on you to manifest the power of God through you. Okay? And now this is a key verse. But, one and the same Spirit works all these things. There are many kinds of manifestation of the Spirit. Distributing to each one individually as He wills. Everyone say, as He wills. It means that He is the boss, not you. It means that you don't control Him. It means that you cannot do whatever you want according to what you want, according to what you thought, or your own agenda. 
But it means you need to surrender, yield to the Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants. He wills. He desires. Whatever He wants. You cannot say whatever you want. You need to keep your mouth shut. And whenever the Holy Spirit wants you to say, as He wills, then you say it. Amen. Those who walk in the Spirit will speak less than before. People who speak a lot usually speak from the flesh. But if you walk by the Spirit, you will shut your mouth. You don't say much until the Spirit tells you to say something from the Spirit. Not from your mind, not from your flesh, not from evil spirit, but from the Spirit. Sometimes Christians think this way. Think that if I have to give a prophet, I, I, I walk in the office of the prophet, or I have to give a prophecy, or I have to give a word of knowledge, or give a, give a word of wisdom. So, because of that, I can do it anytime. Anytime I want, everywhere, and to anybody. So I can hand out the word of prophecy. I can hand out the word of knowledge anytime I want. No, 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 no. If you walk that way, you are inviting the evil spirit of fortune telling to come into you. To hand out all these things without the Holy Spirit. I remember one time in a revival service in Thailand, thousands of people show up. And at the end of the service, a young man came to me. Pastor, I need a word of prophecy. You know, sometimes people run around to look for a prophet. And when they find a prophet, they say, do you have a word for me? I want to hear the word from God. And then if the prophet just wants to show off that I know something, he will cook it up and say something out from the flesh. And it's not from the Holy Spirit, and it caused damage. I remember one time in Thailand, there was, uh, there's a prophet, and call himself prophet, to give word of prophecy to a couple. You know, you need to sell everything and move to, to the south of Thailand. And that couple did it without listening to the Holy Spirit. And they lost everything. And they came back broke and nothing could happen. Because that is the word from the mind of the man, not from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes prophet can come to you and say, if you give me $500, I can give you the word of prophecy. If any prophet come to me like this, I walk out. Because you cannot buy the word from heaven by saying, give me $500 and I'm going to give you the word of prophecy. With that man come to me in that revival service in Thailand and say, uh, Pastor Varun, do you have a word of prophecy for me? I look at his eyes. No. I'm not going to cook it up. I have no word of prophecy for you. I'm sorry. Because I cannot force the Holy Spirit to give me the word of prophecy for somebody. I need to yield to God as He wills. So the anointing in you is a potential. But it will manifest or not as He wills. Not according to your, agenda, your own agenda. Okay, I want to be clear about this. Because otherwise, people start to minister in the flesh. If you think you are a prophet, everywhere you go, you try to hand out all the word of prophecy to everyone. And, okay, I have a word of prophecy for you. I have a word of prophecy for you. And it comes out from the flesh, and it will cause damage to the body of Christ. Amen? So if you want to walk under the anointing, this is what you need to do. You need to go back to the basic, okay? Sometimes I notice that when people rise up so high, 
in the anointing. Maybe you have the word of knowledge, a word of prophecy or healing. And then they forget about the basic. Every single day, you still have the basic to do. To prepare yourself for the next level. Like me, every morning I have to take a shower. If I don't take, my wife will not be happy. I need to take a shower. Two, if I don't take a shower, I will be sick. My body is going to, you know, have infection or whatever. I need to take a shower. I need to eat balanced food. I need to sleep enough. I need to exercise. The basics has to be there. No matter how big anointing you have or you seek more anointing, you need to remember the basic. Read the Bible. Get into the Word of God. Listen to good anointed teaching. Be in the fellowship. Even though I go to the meeting in Thailand with thousand people, I still come to care group every Friday when I am in town. I never miss fellowship because that is the basic of my Christian life. I need to be in the fellowship to be corrected, to be encouraged, and to have accountability. I cannot run away doing my own things and forget about the church. I still need to go to church every Sunday. I still need to build my life to be righteous, repent every day, basic Christian life, submit to God, submit to leadership, being faithful in little things. If you are not faithful in little things, how can God give you more anointing? If I'm responsible to sweep the floor, I need to be faithful in sweeping the floor. All these basic things, don't forget. Honor God. Honor your leaders. Obey the Bible. Have the right attitude. Make sure you have the right kind of lifestyle. You cannot just hand out anointing, but in the back scene, you watch pornography. Or you cheat money at the bank or at the office. Steal stuff from the office. That's not going to work. You need to go back to the basic. Be a Christian who read the Bible, go to church, pray, spend time with God, serve faithfully, don't quit, be faithful, and be strong in your faith, build your faith up, walk in love, all this basic, so that the potential of the anointing in you will manifest stronger and stronger in your life. Amen? Everyone say, back to the basic. Think about this. And this happened to me. Many years ago, my mom, before she passed away, she came to stay in my house for six months. She made a comment to my wife. My nickname is Mom. And the way Mom in Thailand call nickname of the son, she will call me Ta Mom. Ta Mom means like a little mom. Actually, I'm not little mom anymore. I was already 40 years old at that time. But she mentioned to my wife that it's interesting. My son, Ta Mom, is so different on the pulpit from being in the kitchen. When he is in the kitchen at home, he looks like a normal man. Just a normal, tired man. Normal husband. But on the pulpit, why he was so different? You know why? Because if the anointing of preaching or teaching is upon me all the time, I'm going to preach 24-7, non-stop, even the time my, my wife is sleeping. I will still continue to preach to her, preach, keep preaching to her. No, the anointing is potential in you, but the anointing of preaching is not there all the time to preach. The anointing of prophecy is not there all the time to prophesy. 
The anointing to give the word of knowledge is not there all the time, and you cannot force God to give you the word of knowledge. It has to come spontaneously by hooking up to the Holy Spirit. That is the way it is. Don't try to cook it up. Amen. Don't try to force God because it's not biblical. And I will show you in the Bible that it's true what I say. I don't make it up either. Because in Luke chapter 4, okay, listen carefully. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus called himself a prophet. He gave two illustrations in the Bible about the life of the prophet in the Old Testament. First Kings chapter 17, verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Okay, at that time, there was a famine. Many, many houses get into financial trouble. And the Bible says that in that generation, in that period of time, there were many widows who were poor and get into trouble financially because of the famine in that generation. Many widows in Israel. But Elijah went to only one house, the house of a widow in Sarafath. Only one house. He did not go to many, many houses and do the same miracle to every single house. He only gave the word of prophecy and the miracles to only one widow out of the whole country because Elijah did not cook it up. He followed the direction of the Holy Spirit. If he wants to cook it up, he may go to many widows' houses and say, give me $500. I'm going to pray that your jar will not run down. You're going to have more food here. He's going to go around and hand out the word of prophecy everywhere. Another example is in Luke chapter 4, verse 27. Jesus quote another illustration in the Old Testament. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. In that generation of Elisha, there were many lepers in Israel. But this man was not even an Israelite. He was a Syrian. By nature, Elisha should have gone to the places of the lepers of Israel. But Elisha healed only one man in that generation. He has the gift of healing to Elisha. And he healed only Naaman. He did not heal other lepers. Why? Because Elisha minister the manifestation of healing as the Spirit willed. Not his own agenda. He needs to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? So from now on, don't try to cook it up. Don't try to force the Holy Spirit. You just find your own potential. You find the potential of the anointing in you. Learn how to hook up. Flow with the Spirit. And follow him. If he say no, don't do anything. If he doesn't tell you to say anything, don't say anything. Don't do by the flesh, by your mental capacity, but follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? You don't control the anointing, but you follow the anointing. Amen? This is something you need to learn and practice and grow in it. I just give you biblical principle. 
Now, talking about the anointing, there are many factors that can dilute or oppress the anointing of God anywhere, or can enhance the anointing. There is one thing that enhanced anointing, and I want to show you in Second Kings chapter three, verse eleven. At that time, the enemy of God's people came to attack the children of Israel. At that time, the Israelites broke into two countries, Judah and Israel. The king of Judah named Jehoshaphat, who loved God and faithful to God, but the king of Israel named Jehoram backslid. Three kings came together: Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Jehoram, and the king of Edom. King Jehoshaphat was conferring or discussing with these two kings. What we're gonna do? It sounds like it's hard to win this battle. This is a big battle. Second Kings chapter three verse eleven. But Jehoshaphat said, "Is there no prophet of the Lord here, that we may inquire of the Lord by him?" So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, "Elisha, the son of Saphat, is here." Who pour water on the hands of Elijah? At that time, only three kinds of people have the anointing: the king, the prophet, and the priest. And only one kind of servant of God that can speak to God and hear from God is the prophet. The prophet today in the New Testament are different from the prophet in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, other people cannot hear from God because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Today, we all can hear from the Holy Spirit. We all can prophesy, but not everyone is a prophet in the church. You can all hear from God. You don't need to come to me and say, "Can you ask God for me?" No, you can ask God directly. You don't have to come to me. You can hear directly from God. Amen. So at that time, Jehoshaphat want to hear from God. What's going to happen to this battle? Look at verses 13 to 14. This is interesting passage of the scripture. Then Elisha. Said to the king of Israel, "What have I do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother." But the kings of Israel, Jehoram, who backslid, who denied God already, said to him, "No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab." Wow, he was talking defeat here. He said, "We are going to die. The king of Moab is going to get rid of us." That's what he said. And Elisha said, "As the Lord of hosts live, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you." So what it means is that Elisha tried to say, "Hey, king, you are a backslider. God doesn't have much grace for you. I don't regard you at all." If Jehoshaphat is not here, I'm not going to be around here. I'm going to leave. So what it say is that God will do special favor for those who seek the kingdom, love God with all their heart, faithful in the church, faithful to the pastor, faithful to the calling, more than those who goofy up and down and are not faithful. King Jehoram is symbolic of backsliding Christian today, who are not faithful. And God say, "I'm not going to give favor to these people, but because Jehoshaphat loved me, I give the favor." And then 
because of the presence of two kings who backslid and were not hungry for God, who depended on their own strength. Elisha has a hard time get the word of prophecy from God. He tried to listen, but he could not hear from God because there were two persons who were in doubt, who were against him sitting there. So what we learn in this story is that number one, the anointing in the meeting, or the anointing in any place, can be quenched by the attitude of people around. Number two, this is true to me. I travel all over the world, and I notice one factor: the more the congregation are desperate for God, hungry for God, and really want God badly, the stronger the anointing on my body. To the point that I don't even have to walk there; they just fall under the power. Anointing was so strong, but when people are uh, lay back, oh, I seen all of this thing. Take it for granted. I don't honor this man. He's just Dr. Mum. He's just my old pastor for 20 something years. I don't care much about him. The anointing is not there because the attitude is wrong. You remember Jesus say, "The prophet cannot do much in his own town because they don't honor him." In the book of Mark, chapter six, in Nazareth. Jesus could perform only little miracle, only heal people here and there by the laying on of hand. But not much miracle happened because people look at him, oh, I died this guy, he's Jesus, that little boy. They did not honor him. So it's the attitude of the receiver to receive the anointing or to stir up the anointing or to quench the anointing. It's up to us whether we're going to be hungry or we're going to just whatever will be, will be. Oh, I get used to this revival service. I have come here so many years, again, preaching, laying on of hands. Oh, same thing, same old things. I don't care much. If you have that attitude, you quench the anointing. You need to be hungry. You need to be desperate. You need to want to change. You say, God, today I'm hungry. Do something in me, and He's going to do something to you. Amen? That's why the anointing moved so strongly in the third world country. Because people were so desperate. They don't have the Medicare. They don't have the credit card and the ATM machine. They need to depend on God. They don't have good doctors. They need healing from God. People are so hungry. But here you have doctors. You have ATM machine. You can go borrow money from the bank. You don't need God that much. But if you are desperate, God is going to move. And what happened at that time, Elisha could not get the word of prophecy, get the word of encouragement. What did he do? Verses 15 to 16. Listen carefully. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus say the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. And then he went on to give the word of victory to the king Jehoshaphat. And they won the battle. Notice that Elisha could not prophesy at any time he wanted. He could not hand out the word of prophecy out of the blue. 
He need to listen to the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit did not give him the words, he has to keep his mouth shut because otherwise he's going to invite the fortune-telling spirit in to give some word. There are fortune-telling spirit in the world. You have to be careful. Amen. He has to follow the Holy Spirit. But one thing that can enhance the anointing of the presence of God, this scripture say, the hand of the Lord came upon him. The word the hand of the Lord means the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible used different terms to represent the Holy Spirit. The hand came on you, the hand of the Lord. When the anointing came upon me, I feel something on my skin. I feel God is wrapping around me like a blanket, the mantle, the blanket on me. The hand is on me. Sometimes I feel the hand of the Lord on my hand. I feel so hot on my hand when I lay hand on people. The hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he gave the word of prophecy. Now we can see the importance of this ministry of help called the worship ministry. Musicians, singers are very important in the church and in the body of Christ. Listen carefully. If we have good music, we can enhance the anointing. We can increase the anointing in the room. If the anointing is so strong, people can get healed even before the preacher comes up on the stage. Because the, the anointing that comes from the songs and the music at that time. You remember one time when David played a harp, what happened? And so it was in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23. Whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit, mean evil spirit, would depart from him. Songs, music, worship brings the presence of God. The book of Psalms say, God enthrones the praise of his people. When we worship God, the presence of God show up. The hand of God show up, and then miracles happen. Some good things happen. Salvation happen. So I want to talk to all the worshipers and the musicians in this room. You are important. You are very important. You either build the anointing in the meeting, or you kill the anointing. Amen? Amen? If you play wrong songs, even you sing it with the right tune, sing with the right rhythm, but you pick the wrong song, you will quench the presence of God in a meeting. You need to pick the right songs. You need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. So worship teams, all the musicians and singers in the church, you are very important. Either you bless people or you quench the anointing in the meeting. Therefore, you need to live a life of holiness. You need to honor the Lord. Amen? Everything you do, you honor your pastor and you honor the Lord. Not only that, you are in the Word. You're going to play music up here. You need to play by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. You need to be diligent in reading the Bible, listen to the sermon in the car. You need to come to the prayer line, get 
filled with the Holy Spirit, because you need to move in the Spirit up here to bring the anointing to the pastor and to the congregation. You need to practice music diligently. Don't come up here and say, "Oh, I don't know the chord." A while ago, Pastor Da make a, a comment and praise Pastor Kenny. Pastor Kenny sang a new song with a lot of words a while ago. I know it was a new song for our church about the Holy Spirit. He did not even have a paper in front of him. He memorized the whole song without mistake. Pastor Da said, "Look at your worship leader. He was so well prepared to lead worship tonight." Let's give hand to Pastor Kenny. You need to be that kind of musicians. Take serious about living a holy life, being a clean vessel. Repent quickly, getting right with God, being anointed by the Holy Spirit. Come up with the right attitude, not with the wrong, long face. And today I have to play. Our church don't hire musicians, so they don't come up because of money, at least. Some musician come up because of money. Just play because I get some pay. We don't pay anybody in this church, but at least come up with the. Oh, I honor God. I'm gonna dress the best for God. This morning I'm gonna dress the best for the Lord. I'm gonna sing the best for the Lord. I'm gonna bring the anointing. I'm gonna enhance the presence of God in this room. This is a serious business. This is life and death. Somebody may come here with a cancer, and he's dying, but with the right worship, bam, that cancer is healed, because music enhances the presence of God. Amen. I want to talk to the worship team. You are in the very serious business. It's not just about playing music and show off that I know how to play guitar very well, like this. No, it's not about showing off your. Voice that I can sing very well. This is life and death situation. Your pastor depend on you to bring the anointing. Amen. amen. All the worship team say amen. amen. Get this CD and hand to all the worship team. All the worship leader need to listen to this sermon. I'm serious. It's serious because music really em- enhance the anointing or destroy the anointing. The right song is important. Amen. Pick the right song. One time, I went to a mission trip to a small church in California, and they got up a, a worship leader that I don't know very well. She came from non-charismatic church, and all the song, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> God will not send us to hell. Blah blah blah. And I feel like, what are you singing here? You're singing a dead song. I I don't feel the anointing at all. Because they pick up the wrong worship leader and sing the wrong song. All the song is like dead song in the old timer that has no joy, no anointing, nothing, no no move of God at all. It's just dead song. All the song in that meeting. I, when I get up on the stage, I have to hook. I have to stir up myself to get the anointing because I don't feel the anointing during worship. It's very suffering for me at that meeting. So I learned the lesson. Wow. It's true in the Bible that the music is so important. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! So, worship team, before you get up on the stage on Sunday, pray together first. Call the anointing down on you. Amen. 
Learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Keep your heart right. Honor your leaders. Honor God, and expect the anointing to flow when you start to play musical instrument and sing to the Lord. Learn how to yield and help people. Amen. Many, many factors can really quench the Holy Spirit, such as distraction in the room. Somebody caused some distraction. Maybe you're sitting here, and somebody next to you playing game on the internet in front of you, and you feel like annoying. You cannot hook up to the Holy Spirit because somebody was playing game close to you. You may have to say to him, "Can you please stop? This is not right in the church." Or go out and play outside. Amen. Hallelujah. Or people stand up and walk around all the time during service. No, no respect, no honoring of the presence of God. We need to honor the presence of God. Period. If we want the anointing to be strong, it's the heart condition that you're gonna call the Holy Spirit to come down or not. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So tonight we learn in conclusion: all the believers on earth, especially those who feel with the Holy Spirit, have the anointing on them. There are different kinds of manifestation of the anointing: prophets, teacher, evangelists. Pastor, or gift of encouragement, the gift of word of prophecy, the gift of word of knowledge, and gift of word of wisdom, and tongues and interpretation, the gift of giving, the gift of administration, gift of leadership—all kinds of manifestation. We all have that anointing potentially in us. We need to discover that anointing or those anointings that we have. We may have more than one. We may have five. Three, whatever, and we know that the level of anointing in our life is different from other people. And sometimes the anointing stronger, sometimes less. We need to be faithful in little things and seek for more anointing. If you faithful in little things, the anointing will grow. Amen. God will give you more. You can ask for more anointing, for more kinds of anointing, but you cannot force God. You learn also tonight that you are not the boss. He is the boss. He gonna move as he wills. You don't dictate God what to do. You cannot move in the anointing 24/7. Sometime, I have the anointing of pastor on me, and I really speak like a pastor. Sometime, the anointing of preacher is on me. I was preaching so strong. Sometime, I have the anointing of teacher. I teach. Sometimes I have the anointing of apostle. Oh, when the apostle anointing come on, you get big, big hit, very strong word. I just don't care what people think, because I need to get people wake up and repent. So the anointing is different. I am not apostle all the time. I'm not a preacher all the time, but I have the potential to do that when the spirit comes on me. When the anointing start to work through me, manifest through me, and the same thing to you, Amen. You can pray for people to for healing if you have faith, but the gift of healing manifests to you as He wills. But you can pray by faith, okay? Now you need to understand that the anointing can be more or less, and there are many factors be that involve in the more anointing and less anointing, such as the attitude. Of the person, the attitude of the receiver, 
the hunger or the motive, the life of the person who ministers the anointing is pure or not, if he's pure, the anointing will move stronger. And also, musics or worship, praise and worship will bring the anointing. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit, what kind of music we're going to play each Sunday. We need to be the right kind of musicians in the church so that we can, or in the care group to bring the anointings upon the meeting. Amen? The anointing will make a big difference. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing removes the burdens. It's life and death. That anointing that broke the yoke of that lady in Switzerland changed her family night and day. From being a short-tempered woman, wanted to kill her kids, or she was admitted to the mental institution all the time. Her husband had to put her in the mental institution. No more. Changed her life because the anointing broke the yoke in her. Period. You see, that's why this teaching is important. By the way, she told me, she told us that her mom was dying in Thailand because of very bad disease. I don't know, some kind of lung disease, and the doctor say, 100% dead. Your mom will not make it. She flew back after she got the anointing and she got set free. She carried the file of God that received through me back to Thailand. She went and prayed for her mom. Her mom got up next morning and still survived today. Healed by this lady. She not only gets set free, but she used the anointing to set her mom free. That's why all of us need to learn how to walk under the anointing. We need to understand the anointing. We need to learn how to hook up to the anointing. We need to learn how to impart the anointing. We need to value the anointing and hungry for the anointing of God. It's so important. Amen? Hallelujah. Your homework. Find out what kind of anointings you have. Pray, prepare your life, read the Bible. Don't forget the basics. Go to church, be faithful, serve your pastor, serve the church in little, little things. Phillips did not become evangelist overnight. Stephen did not become evangelist overnight. Don't come to the church and say, when are you going to be great preacher here? No, no, it doesn't happen overnight. Philip and Stephen served the table for a period of time until they proved their life that they are, have full of good reputation, filled with faith, and with the Holy Spirit. They have to prove their life that they have good reputation, faithful, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with faith. Don't hurry. Just serve and find your own anointing and let God promote you. Don't rush don't play politics in a church and push the pastor. When are you going to give me the position? It's not about position. It's about the anointing. If you don't have the anointing, you're going to do it anyway. And you're going to do it by the flesh anyway. And you're going to kill a lot of people. When I say kill, I mean damage their life. A lot of people because you minister by the flesh, not by the anointing. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many people say, tonight, I want to have more anointing in my life? 
How many people promise God you will not miss the basics? You will read the Bible and pray, go to church, go to fellowship, keep your heart right, repent every day. Amen. How many people say I want to live a holy life? I want to be a clean vessel for the anointing to flow through me. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people say I want God to use me more? Raise your hand up. You think God can increase your anointing, like He did to Elisha? Elisha has double portion of anointing when he asks. You can ask for more anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But before I pray for people to receive anointing, I want to do something quickly. If some of you struggle with certain sin or certain issue in your life that you feel that you cannot be set free by just repenting, I believe that many problems in life come from demons, from demonic activities. I know that this is not a typical regular service in America. I do this all the time in my mission trip. If you feel that you struggle and you maybe struggle with some dirty thoughts, unclean thoughts, unclean picture, or you struggle with loving money or maybe unforgiveness or some addiction, you don't need to tell me. I don't need to know. God knows that's okay. I want to help you to cast demon out of you tonight first, and then after that I will pray for people. So we're going to do it quickly to cast out demon out of you as a group. I'm going to do as a group thing, not one person at a time. Okay. So if you are those people, I want you to come out here and don't be shy because you remember the Bible honored the lady called Mary Magdalene. Who has seven demons cast out of her by Jesus Christ, and God even honor her in the Bible. So it's good to be humble and ask God to help you. In our church, we don't look down anybody because I have hundreds of demons come out of me in year 2007 myself. I got cast, demon cast out of me in year 2007. If you are those people, come here, come close to me here. Thank you, Jesus. You need to be Christian, though. I cannot cast out demon from non-believers. You need to be a believer. So I'm going to lead you to accept Christ first. Okay? If I cast demon out from non-believers, you're going to get worse in a few days because seven times demon going to come back to you. You are not filled with God. You need to be believers. Thank you, Jesus. Demon doesn't have to be bad habit. Demons can be the nidus or the potential of cancer. Some of you, your parents may die of cancer, and that demon cancer will follow you. That's why some people dad die of lung cancer, son die of die, die lung cancer, and the grandson die of cancer. Some parents, the grandparent divorce, the parent divorce, the kid divorce. Grandkids divorce. The same demon follow in generation to generation. The parents have five car accident. The kids have five car accident, ten car accident, car accident all the time. Demon follow. One time, 
a believer in Thailand saw a demon on a motorcycle rider. This is a true story, not makeup story. That believer saw that demon pull the motorcycle driver down, and she saw the motorcycle went down, hit the head, and the man died instantly. Demon of accident and killer. So, if you used to worship idols, or your ancestor do something wrong, I think it's a good idea to get them out too, because they will follow you to do the same thing to you. We call generational curses. They will come along. If your dad commit adultery, you're going to have a tendency to commit adultery. That is what happened. Generational curse. Cast them out tonight. Amen. Are you ready? Okay. I've done this all over the world, and the lady that I talked about a while ago, I did not even educate her. But the same thing happened to her that day when I grabbed her neck. Demon come out the same way you are gonna do right now. It happened to her even though I never taught her, never educated her how to do it. It happened the same way we're gonna do tonight. Okay. Number one, you need to be a believer. So I'm gonna lead you to pray to accept Jesus Christ for sure that you are born again Christian. Number two, you need to repent of your sin. Demon will not go out if you agree with them. You say that I am on your side. They're not going to leave. You need to take God's side and repent and say, "I don't want to deal with this demon. I repent of my sin. I'm going to walk right. I'm going to do the right thing." Three. You need to cut or denounce relationship with any idols in your life. If you used to worship idol or play like fortune telling. Or astrology, or something you used to get involved in anything that are not of God. You need to say, "I cut relationship from them tonight." Okay, that's number three. Number four, we're gonna pray that you forgive people that has hurt you. Unforgiveness pull the torturer to come and torture you. Unforgiveness. Forgive your ex-husband. Forgive your dad who tortured you in the past, or abused you in the past, or your friend who did not pay money back to you, borrow your money, did not pay back. Number three, number four, forgive those who offend you. Number five, I'm gonna lead you to say in the name of Jesus to command the devil to the demon to come out of you yourself. You are the believer. You have the right and authority. To command them to go away yourself, I don't need to do it. Okay, you command them to go away yourself. After that, don't speak English, don't speak your own language, don't pray in tongue. You open the door and kick them out. Kick them out. If there are a strange, there are stranger in your home, they're not going to leave easily. You have to push them out. The way you push them out this way, the word "spirit" in the Greek language is pneuma. Pneuma means air or wind. So the spirit work like a wind. They move around and catch on you, catch outside you, get into your brain, give brain cancer, catch into your mind and make you cannot sleep or have a bad dream, whatever. They move around like a wind. So the way you get them out 
to force them out is to open the door and cough them out. Believe me, the first few coughs gonna be like your own natural cough. You do it by faith, but believe me, if you do it by faith, in a few seconds you're gonna feel something coming out, and you cannot stop. It's just like Holy Spirit push them out because you are depending on my anointing right now. I'm here. I use my anointing to cast them out for you. But this is a kind of group <laughs> group deliverance, not one on one. Okay, so. Obey me. Open your mouth and cause them, uh, cough them out to the floor. They're gonna run out of this room because the anointing of protection is in this room now. They're not gonna go into the kids. I'm gonna pray for protection. Okay, so do it by faith, and you're gonna see the difference after this happened to you. After tonight, you're gonna see something change in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready to pray? Follow my prayer, Father in heaven. I want to be a born again Christian, indeed. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sin. I agree with God. What is good and what is wrong? Oh Lord. Stay in my life. Make my life your home. Jesus, sit on the throne of my life. You are my Lord indeed. I repent of my sin and ask you for forgiveness. I believe I am forgiven. And I pray also, Lord, That I forgive everybody who hurts me, no matter who they are, in the past and in the present. I tear the I owe you. They don't need to pay me back anything. I let them go and forgive them. Oh Lord. I cut the relationship from any form of idols, any form of fortune telling, or any animism playing with the spirit, and the form of loving money, covetousness. Any idolatry in my life, I cut relationship from Satan, from demons. Jesus is my God only, and now I quote the Bible. Those who call on the name of the Lord. And his name is Jesus Christ. Shall be delivered and set free. So tonight, I call the name of Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, to be my deliverer. 
He is my deliverer. He died on the cross to set me free by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ, I can be free. The Son of God set me free, and I can be free indeed. Now, evil spirit, whatever kind it they are, you cannot be in my home. My life is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not your home anymore. You need to get out of here. No more. Even if you come from my parents, you need to go too. If they, you come from my sin, you go too. I break the yoke. By the anointing, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. I have authority in the name of Jesus, as a believer, to command you to go by faith right now in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead, go ahead, call them out. Call them out. Don't look at anybody. Fire! 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 Go! Right now! Fire! Go right now! Go right now! Fire! Go right now! In the name of Jesus! In the name of Jesus! Go! Right now! Go right now! Go right now! Fire! We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.